Good morning, dear listeners, and welcome to Shelter in Peace. We're so glad that you're joining us here on AM 1160, your Catholic radio station here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm here with my co-host, Anne Satilli. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. And an ever-loving producer, Annie Porter. Good morning, Annie. Good morning. So we're so glad you are here with us. It is Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, and we all have so much to be thankful for. We do. We do, and that is exactly the theme of our show today. Our theme today is Thanksgiving and being thankful and what that means. And so we've got some special guests today. Um, We are so excited to be able to share with you some of our folks who we've reached out to to sh- to talk about their stories of Thanksgiving, their ways that they're being thankful, because this year has been a tough year for a lot of people. It has, and we're giving thanks in all circumstances. We are. Yeah. We are. Actually, you know what? It was so funny. Right before we started, Anne and I were both talking about a verse, and she's like, this is my favorite verse. And I said, oh, that's our family verse. <laughs> so you know what? Why don't we start with that verse, and then we're going to go into prayer to start our time. All right, so this is from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, and this is a good one to commit to memory. Yep. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Mm, amen, amen, amen. And it is the will of God for us to be thankful. So as we start um, talking about Thanksgiving and being thankful. We wanted to start with a prayer, as we just said, and I'm starting with the first prayer I'm starting with is actually praying back to God, Psalm 100. And the reason I chose this one for today specifically is because this is the psalm that the pilgrims prayed when they had been out at sea for, I think it was about 65 days at this point. It was their first glimpse of land. It was the first glimpse they had of America. And so William Brewster led them in this prayer. They knelt down on the deck of the Mayflower and they prayed this prayer, Psalm 100. So Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you. We give you all the glory and all the praise and all the thanks. And we thank you especially for our country. And we thank you for religious freedom. And we thank you that we can praise you. And Lord, we pray together, Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Worship the Lord with cries of gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God, our maker to whom we belong, whose people we are, God's well-tended flock. Enter the temple gates with praise, its courts with thanksgiving. Give thanks to God. Bless his name. Good indeed is the Lord, whose love endures forever whose faithfulness lasts through every generation. Lord, we praise you and we do thank you. We thank you that you are faithful to us and that your love has endured and continues to endure forever. And Lord, even though there have been times in our country that have been difficult and there have been um, just so many things that uh, we have bowed under you have always been there and you continue to be there and you continue to be there for us. Lord, personally, I praise you and I thank you for those first pilgrims Um, I thank you for William Bradford, who was my ancestor, who came over on the Mayflower and who did praise you and who did pray to you and who did continue to praise you um, during the time that he led the pilgrims. And Lord, I just pray that each of us finds a way that we can lead others closer to you. And one of those people, as Anne will continue our prayer, was Abraham Lincoln, just one of our most amazing presidents of this great country. And he had the foresight to know that the people needed unity and thanks to God during the time of the Civil War. And this was his prayer, his proclamation in 
1863. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are surging in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our benevolent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. We fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. Mm, Amen. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So thank you so much for being with us today as we talk about this. And it's interesting because I think this year more than ever, we need to be intentional about being thankful. Um, There's so much that's dividing us. There's so much that's, you know, the evil one does continue to prowl about. And one of the things he tries to do is get us distracted um, by making us frustrated or making us scared or making us angry or making us anxious. And we just call in the name of Jesus. And just remember when you call in the name of Jesus, he has to flee. But also if we if we call on Jesus, who is Thanksgiving himself, um, and we are intentionally thankful, we uh, we can make all of those things go away and we can glorify God. And it just brings peace to our hearts. And there's a book that Anne, you and I both really love. Right. Right. It came out a number of years ago. And, and many of you listeners, I'm sure you love this book as well. It was written by Ann Voskamp and it's called 1000 Gifts. And she just does, she's such a poet and she's such a strong believer. And she does a beautiful job of, of just taking a very difficult story and, and bringing about the thanks that there's so much deepness and richness to this book. But parts of it are really the intentionality of being thankful. And she talks about every day finding the things to be thankful. And she encourages and really um, uh, just encourages and brings hope to each of us to find ways to be thankful every single day and thankful for the soap bubbles as I'm washing the dishes, right? And the way the light caught the soap bubble and made a rainbow, right? Instead of sloshing through it and thinking, oh gosh, I've got to get this chore done and the next chore done. But just every little thing that we can glorify God and we can praise him and we thank him, thank him for. Um, and there's so much in this. And it's she's not Catholic, but it's so cool because she does talk specifically about Eucharisteo, right? Right, the and, word Eucharist. And the yeah. word Eucharist, and that really struck you as well, Anne. Right, um, you know, our the Eucharist is Thanksgiving, the yeah. Greek word for thanks. And every time that we celebrate the Eucharist together in communion, we're giving back thanks to thanks to God. Yeah. Um, and we're called as we as we leave that mass, that Eucharistic celebration, to live that. Yes. And and I think that's what happens sometimes is we we forget when we get bogged down in in the things of the world. But we've been talking a lot on the show about opening our eyes and mm-hmm. turning our sight back to God and reflecting His light back. Mm-hmm. And um, we can do that through Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You know, one of the things she says in the book is exactly that. She talks about you know Eucharist Day means. Um, to give thanks. And she says, and give is a verb, which means we're Mm -hmm. giving thanks to God, but we're also doing thanks. It's a verb. It's something we do. So then we also give thanks away. So in, in addition to thanking God, we're also giving away that thanks and giving away that blessing by doing it kind of like how mother Teresa did it. And so many of the beautiful saints did it. They actually 
they actually be- became so much more like Jesus who gave everything away for us. It was just so beautiful. Right. And then the blessing comes back to us in the end. Yeah. When we don't even expect it. Exactly. So listeners, we want to bless you today. We want to bless you with some beautiful stories of Thanksgiving, um, because in the midst of this worldwide pandemic and all that's going through, people have continued to um, bravely go forward and glorify God and give thanks and do some amazing things um, um, with him and for him and his faithfulness and his trustworthiness are just beautiful ways that we can um hear and see. So we offer you these stories that our listeners are going to, I mean, our guests here are going to share with all of our listeners today. We offer you these stories, hoping that they will encourage you. They will bless you. They will encourage you to give thanks and to look for places where God has been faithful and where you can give thanks back and, and offer you some hope um, so that we all can glorify God together. Right. Yeah. So Anne, would you introduce our very first guest? So our first guest is um, Allison, and she's a dear friend of mine. We've known each other through youth ministry for um, for years and years, and uh, we actually uh, presented a chastity program together, um, which uh, which was a, lo- a lot of fun, uh, challenging but fun. Um, so Allison is she's just an amazing Catholic woman wife, mother, uh, she and her husband are foster parents. And um, so I invite you to uh, walk into Allison's story a little bit this morning. So Allison, will you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Good morning. Um, Sure. So I am, like I said, my husband, like you said, my husband and I are foster parents and we have two children um, who we have adopted. One is 11 and one is seven. And then we are currently also fostering a little baby who's about 11 months old that we've had for, for quite for quite some time, almost since her birth. Mm. So, um, and we are, uh, we just, yeah, we, I, I'm just, I'm really, I was, I'm still like chewing on what y'all were saying. And I'm so, <clears throat> I just, when, when I was talking to my husband last night about this, I said, you know, it's so good to pause and like think about how we have been blessed and what we have to be thankful for this year, because I think that the narrative outside and mm-hmm. the noise of the mm-hmm. world can really just keep reminding us of their, like all the struggles and all the, the difficult things that are happening and not to minimize that, but we, we were talking about how like we really do feel that God has been so good to us in the midst of all mm-hmm. this, of all this craziness. Um, and so, um, we, uh, yeah. So do you want me to, to share? Well, so, (laughs) so Allison, when we were talking the other day, um, Mm -hmm. you, you said at the beginning of the pandemic, you had a a little bit of a disappointment, um, because you felt like you were on track with, um, yeah. So we, so our seven year old, um, we had been fostering him for a while and it had been really looking like we'd be able to finalize his adoption pretty soon. And, then, you know, so we kind of were, you know, and it's, it's, there's always a lot of steps to go through, but we're like, okay, we're almost there. And then suddenly, you know, everything got shut down and mm. our, our social workers are just kind of holding up their hand. You know, everyone wanted this to happen. And yet when things weren't happening in person, we thought, oh my goodness, this is just going to be probably months and months and months of waiting for, for mm-hmm. all of us. And, and you'd so, already been waiting. Yeah. We had already been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Life is waiting and when you're a foster parent. Um, and so, and we had just, it had, it, so we, 
like many other families, though, there was so much going on. You know, the kids were, we were all learning how to do everything virtually. And um, there was a lot of just a, a big, a lot of pivoting, as I think everyone called it. But one of the things that we did do was, you know, we were like a very typical family in that we were normally rushing around at night. Um, we, we rarely were able to sit down and have dinner together. It was always like I was, I was off to work. The kids were off to some activity right. and everything just stopped, you know? And mm. so we said like, this is a great time to introduce a family, a family rosary decade. You're like, I'm, not, I'm not ambitious enough to try the whole rosary. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have little boys. <laughs> we can go beyond. Yeah, boys, you know, like I said, we can go beyond just a, like a few present. Let's, let's really try to, to, we, you know, we were listening to what our, our, spiritual leaders were encouraging us to do and we said like let's because inter- it was it was Lent back then right the longest Lent ever and so we said, like, <laughs> right right <laughs> we all we all so hard that year um but we um so we started praying a family decade and it was actually it was great like I was so I was amazed the kids took to it so well and um it was really amazing because I mean maybe only a week later we got news that we had a date and I wow. said, how could we have a date? Everything's closed. Like, what are we going to do? And they said, oh, we'll do the adoption on Zoom. Uh, oh, my gosh. We <laughs> because we live on Zoom these days, right, Allison? What? Yeah. What can't we do on Zoom? And so we were able to, uh, just a couple months later after, and really through the hard work of, and I know there are so many social workers and um, essential workers who who made things like this possible for so many families. You know, I really... Um, I'm so grateful for all the folks that, you know, when there was just still so many unknowns and so much fear that, you know, can you, can you walk by our porch without exposing yourself? You know, we, I think we've, we've learned a lot since those first couple of weeks, but, um, I'm just, you know, they're, they're, especially the workers in the child welfare, um, all the child welfare organizations, you know, all these, all these workers that, you know, shuffled paperwork around and, and did things very, very creatively so that kids could get get adopted over Zoom. Because I know we were not the only ones that had this experience. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we were just so excited. And it was really actually a blessing for us because our little guy is very shy. And he um, doesn't enjoy being in the center of attention. And, you know, sometimes when you... Um, when there's adoption in, in in the old fashioned way of adopting, when you are in a courthouse, it can be a little overwhelming for kids. And some of the kids really love it because it's a very um, it's a celebration awesome celebration. Mm-hmm. But he would not have enjoyed it, and so it was actually great that he could just be in our living room, kind of hiding behind me from the judge. You know, he was the like, "Can you say?" He waved at him, and then yeah, and, he, and that was great for it was it was a. It was a day that was special for him and and peaceful for him and just a great gift to our family. And so, um, and so we were able to adopt our son this year over Zoom, and we're and we're just so grateful for that. That is awesome. And I love how in your story, God is in every detail, right? God knew the mm-hmm. personality of your little guy. God mm-hmm. knew mm-hmm. what would be the yes. best for him. And not that God caused everything to shut down and make it happen in your living room because of that, but just, you know, looking and being thankful for all those ways that God loves us so well. That's so awesome. Well, and being able to identify the prayer that, that your, your family changed, your home changed, you focused on prayer. And as a result of that, you know, God answered that prayer quickly. And I forgot the most exciting part is my, 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 
biggest intention when we're for our children is always that they, you know, be able to be part of God's family. And, um, you know, in foster care, we're not able to baptize them because that would, it's not our place to do that. But um, we were so excited because the timing of our church's baptism of children was actually postponed because of the Easter vigil not being able to be celebrated in person, you know, in, in right. And so it was amazing. His adoption date worked out perfectly that he was actually able to come into the church this year, too. Um, and so he was able to be baptized, confirmed, made his first communion, and that was just such a cause for celebration. And and as shy as he was, he was not afraid of that at all. He walked right up to that baptismal font, and mm-hmm. um, he was able to, and he said, he's like, I was baptized, and I'm in God's family now. And so he was able to, to receive all his sacraments, and that was just such a blessing, too. And the timing just wouldn't, it wouldn't have I mean, I'm sure we would have made it happen, but the timing was amazing that it, our pastor said, oh, would you like to do this? And we said, yes. So, <laughs> great. So God answered all the prayers for sure. Yeah. Well, all the prayers at once. <laughs> well, Allison, we thank you so much for sharing your, your story with us. Um, and I'm sure that's going to give a lot of encouragement to um just to everyone out there. And, you know, if you want to know about foster care and adoption, we've, we've got a lot of people that are willing to talk with you listeners. So there's a lot of joy there. Thank you, yes. Allison, so much. God bless you and your Thank family. You so much. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. That's great. Thank you, Allison. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, so listeners, wasn't that beautiful story? And, and so what's interesting is that we started to put together some of our, um, who we were going to have come talk. We was like, okay, well, she's got kind of a story of birth and kind of beginning a family through birth. But we also have another story we're going to share about, um, another part of beginning a family and how that, that happens as well. So we have one of our guests on. Uh, Denise Jones and Denise is actually one of our Quest volunteers. Good morning, mm-hmm. Denise. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, we're so glad you're here. Usually, we see Denise in our prayer chapel. That's where we usually see right. Denise. She is one of our adorers, one of our guardians who is here. And um, so, usually during our during our time on the radio, Denise, you're in there praying, which we are so I thankful. Am. Yep. So Denise is also an amazing wife and mother of three grown children and one in-law or in love, I guess, maybe child. Right? Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, she's a member of St. Anne's Parish, where she's been very involved over the years, including um, just blessing so many teens through the Life Teen program, being on core um, with Life Teen. And I know that she's got just an amazing heart for God. And, and because I know she and I have had lots of conversations about her studying and getting closer to God in so many neat ways. So we are so thankful that you are here with us. Thank you. It is such a joy to be here. Yeah. And what a gift. And and that's kind of the word that, that comes up to mind as I share this story is gift, because there were so many gifts in this process. Um, my son had moved to Ohio away from the family for the first time. And was just longing for companionship, longing for a girlfriend. And I told him, write down the top 10 things of a woman that you desire mm-hmm. that, and, and um, that you would desire in a wife. Mm-hmm. And he wrote down the top 10 and I, I put it away. And by the grace of God, um, we um, through core, we met this young woman uh-huh. and my husband's like, oh, she's so great. Can't we get her to meet Matt? I'm like, Matt's in Ohio. Are you kidding me? <laughs> But you know what? God's not to be outdone. Mm -hmm. And um, she, uh, we introduced them. And uh, she is from Colorado, went to school in Pennsylvania. Um, You know, we stumbled on her in core, Matt's in Ohio. It it should never have have been an introduction, but it was. And um, after he met her and knew that she was the one, I pulled out the list of 10 things. 
And he's like, oh my gosh, mom, she's got 11. I'm like, <laughs> what? 11? He goes, well, she's got all 10. And then I, I hope this doesn't divulge anything, but she works for Chick-fil-A and that's a bonus. <laughs> Bonus, that's like bonus, number 11 because... so god was not to be outdone that is um, awesome yes so that was such a gift and um just an answer to my mine and my husband's prayer because in his right. in his loneliness he found someone down here so it, it's been beautiful um their relationship progressed and they got engaged in march of 2019 mm-hmm. and Another gift was I got to go through the process of looking for rings mm, with him. Oh, so that fun. was gift number one. Gift number two, the whole family was involved in the process of the engagement. Oh. So just progressed beautifully. And she said yes, which we were so grateful. Um, <laughs> of course. And, and, and truly, she planned the wedding like she had anticipated to have this beautiful wedding on April 24th of this year. Wow. And we all know what was happening on April oh, 24th. But of this we year. didn't in 2019. Right. So, and um, the other gift for me was she included me in everything, mm. you know, from the dress, looking for the dress and my thoughts on this and that, because her mom was in, in Colorado. And so we got, it got to really be a true part of that. Um, so time went on. Uh-huh. March 13th came, which was the, the closing of the United the States in some way. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. And ironically, her shower was scheduled for March 14th. Oh, wow. And then on March 15th, we were supposed to bake a thousand cookies at St. Anne's Kitchen because she comes from an Italian family. And part of the tradition is to have this cookie table at the reception. Oh, yes. So yes, we were going to yes. bake all these cookies and freeze them. Well, March 13th comes and we're like, oh, what's really going on? And, and so we went through with the shower. Her mom had to drive from Colorado. She was driving wow. anyway. Um, we went through with the shower and we wound up baking. St. Anne's allowed us to open up the kitchen just for us uh-huh. and allowed us to bake those thousand cookies, which we froze. And um, time went on. Wow. And things just get shut down and shut down and shut down. You know, and one of the th- reasons we wanted you on is because Anne was saying, you know, so many people, because everything was shut down, so many young couples said, well, never mind. We're just not going to get married. We're going to absolutely, postpone. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. there was that point in time because right after this, it was, it really got very constrained in, in just the regulations and the rules and mm-hmm. it, everything from the archdiocesan rules to the CDC rules. And yeah. It got to a point where after about a month, a few weeks before, they had to make a decision. Mm. You know, are we going to postpone this? Are we going to get married? And they decided that as long as the church would allow them right. to open the church, that they could, they could, they would go ahead with the, with the marriage, oh. with the, with the sacrament. So we get to this point, her parents drive in and it, it winds up being with the decision to have this wedding. It's just her family mm, and right. our family. So yeah. she's got three beautiful sisters and Matt's got a, a two siblings and we go ahead. And they're beautiful too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we progress with the wedding and yeah, there was no elaborate rehearsal dinner. Mm. Um, there was no elaborate anything. Nothing looked the same. Maybe her dress, mm-hmm. Matt's tux didn't and, look the same. Nothing. And really. the cookies, but the cookies. The cookies. Were right. I, I, that was my next question. Where, <laughs> Where are the cookies? <laughs> the cookies are still in the freezer. Oh, they were. They were at that point in time because we weren't having um, the reception. And, you know, Father Tim Hepburn came in and mm. we had him and and because we didn't have all the people to do all the jobs every the the bridesmaid sang the father played the guitar um, we did the readings we brought so it was very much a a family day but let me tell you when we woke up that morning 
it was so relaxed. Mm -hmm. The simplicity and the beauty and the gift of that day. Mm -hmm. Wow. Can, can never be duplicated. And I know how beautiful huge weddings can be, but the Lord knew exactly what needed to be done that day. Mm, right. Mm. And it was incredible. And they they got married. And when they left the ceremony, um, they were greeted by our local family who had taken their truck and decorated it outside. And everybody stood socially distanced and they popped <laughs> champagne from afar. So they felt very celebrated. Mm. And the other beauty was they, they um, streamed Oh, the wedding yeah. live so, so people we, could participate. We had yeah. family that were having watch parties and oh. they make signature cocktails or whatever just <laughs> just to be able to feel like it was was the the wedding yeah. of the day oh. and the, and just the gift of the day. So yes, the wedding went off. We had a small reception in our basement with the wedding cake and the toasts and everything and the first dance and it it was the absolute best of all possibilities that could be. Mm. And I, my heart pounds as I, I relive this day as I tell it to you because it truly was the the bow on this gift was enormous. Mm. The Lord said, "Here, mm. here, it, here it is on a silver platter, and just enjoy every moment." And um, they couldn't go on a honeymoon; oh. they just went on their honeymoon mm. actually about two weeks ago. Wow! And it wasn't to the same place that they had anticipated. Right. So it looks different. Mm-hmm. But not too dissimilar than Allison. God knew exactly what needed to happen that yeah. day. Yeah. And knew exactly um, how to make it incredibly special for the time that is this. Yes. Well, so and I, I just think that, you know, the with all the wedding planning now, it's so over the top that mm. sometimes the focus is lost, that it's a, it's about the sacrament. It's about your family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's about God. Absolutely. And in yeah. fact, as we, as we left, my daughter, who's a few years younger than my son said, there's something to the simplicity mm-hmm. because you don't lose the meaning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The fanfare wasn't there. The beauty was there, but the fanfare wasn't there. And and don't get me wrong, I've been to some very beautiful right. weddings with very deep meaning, but just the simplicity of the day and and the joyous celebration in a time of just um, heaviness. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, was was truly a gift. And even the people that watched said, "We just needed that." That is great. We just knew that. That is great. You know, and so many people said this great pause we were put into gave peace. You know, Mm. it created peace. And what I'm hearing, my my eyes welled up with tears when you were telling the story. I'm leaking a little over here. I know because the peace and just the beauty of that, Mm -hmm. but also their faithfulness, their faithfulness to say, you know what, God? You've got this mm-hmm. and it, we don't have to control every piece of it and it doesn't have to look like what we expected. Right. And so many of us need to be saying that right now or have been saying that in our lives that it doesn't look like what we expected, but guess what? God wants even more and God has even more and God will continue to be faithful to give us even more of that. Amen. And, and that's where, you know, listeners, as you're listening, we just pray that as you listen to these encouraging, beautiful, hope filled stories, that you're also reminded of ways that maybe God stepped into your life over this last year um, in new ways, in different ways, in ways you could never ever expected mm-hmm. or imagined, but in ways that were planned specifically for you because our God is that kind of God. Mm-hmm. He loves each one of you, each one of us with such a personal, intimate love, and he wants to bless us. He wants to bless us. Um, so thank you so much, Denise, for thank your you for story. What a blessing it is. And dear listeners, we um, ask you to just stay tuned. We're going to break and we'll be back with a couple of more guests. This is Heidi Taza from St. Peter Chanel in Roswell, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest. 
The Quest presents Lesser Known Saints with Ken and Chuck. Tell us about St. Alexis of Rome. Born in the late 4th century, Alexis was the son of a wealthy Roman senator who, along with his wife, were very charitable Christians. His parents' generosity had a profound impact on Alexis, who wished to renounce all of his wealth. His parents, however, had chosen a wife for him. Out of obedience, he obliged them. But on his wedding day, he obtained permission from his bride to leave her. He then fled to Syria, where he lived as a beggar and taught children about God. Twenty years later, Alexis returned to Rome and went as a beggar to his parents' house. They did not recognize him. He lived under their stairs for 17 years. The servants were cruel to him, and he never told his parents who he really was. When he died, his parents found a note telling them who he was and how he had lived his life in penance all for the love of God. His feast day is July 17th, and he is a patron saint of beggars. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you, too. One listener shared. I don't know what I would do without The Quest. Every day I get an update on the Catholic Church and hear inspiring stories. I thought I knew a lot about my faith, but I'm learning something new every time I tune in. I feel connected to a larger Catholic community. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest provides Catholic content 24-7. While you'll only find us on your radio dial from dawn to dusk, you can listen live anywhere, anytime on thequestatlanta.com. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us here on Shelter in Peace at AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. And if you were here right before the break, you know that I'm Mari Cleveland and I'm here with my co-host Anne Satilli. And we have been welcoming some beautiful guests to talk about things they are thankful for as we head into Thanksgiving. And so we have our next guest all queued up and ready. And Anne, I'd love for you to introduce our listeners to our guest. Well, we are really blessed to have with us Randy Rouse, and he is the CEO of Life Teen. Um, I've known Randy for uh, many years, more than 20. Mm. Um, and the s- story that I like to tell, I always rem- reminded of when I think of Randy, is years and years ago, he was the youth minister at St. Anne's. And I was a youth minister, and he had a little bit more experience than I did. I was brand new. Um, and we were at a, a middle school youth rally. And uh, he and I were kind of standing in the back looking at middle schoolers going crazy. <laughs> and um, and I was a little overwhelmed, to be honest. And uh, Randy was very calm, and, and he just kind of looked at me, and he said, This is so cool. I'm here with my oldest. My oldest is participating in this. He's a he's a middle schooler, and it's the first time I've been able to do that with one of my kids. And I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, am I still going to be doing this when my kids are in middle school? I have babies at home. And um, and here I am. My, my kids are well past middle school, and I'm still involved in youth ministry and working with Randy Rouse, and it is a blessing. So, um, so hey, Randy, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely, Ann. And it's so funny. Um, I still have a middle schooler. I have a daughter in eighth grade. I'm still, I'm still taking to youth ministry things. So, uh, That's yeah. awesome. Um, 
yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, I guess I describe myself as a child of God, and I have the, you know, privilege to serve as the president and CEO of Life Teen. Um, been married to my wife Monica for 33 years, and we've been blessed with eight um, amazing children. And uh, now we have seven grandchildren, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I pretty much just get up every morning um, excited about our mission about leading teens closer to Christ. So it's what pops me out of bed, and um, I know that if a young person has an encounter with, within the beauty of the Catholic Church uh, with our Lord, that they're going to not only will they they'll change their parish, they'll change their community, but their culture and their family and. Um, so we really, really want to empower young people to have encounters, actually all people to have encounters because it does change our life. Right, right. And how many years, Randy, have you been in, involved in Life Teen? Yeah, I found out about Life Teen as a parish youth minister at St. Anne's back in 1992. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, and we brought it to the parish and, you know, praise God, they're doing a great job with it there. I mean, it's still going strong 28 years later. In fact, much stronger than even when I was youth leader there. So it's it's, it's doing great. And Randy, I'm thankful for for you because my daughter is on her second year of being on LTLT and she absolutely loves it. Oh, oh that's great. And praise God. So we have Life Teen now in um, how many uh, how many different countries and parishes, Randy? Yes, in uh, over 2,000 parishes in 20, 28 countries. So it's wow. uh, word of mouth spreads, and yeah, praise God. So, do you have a do you have a specific um, story, maybe that you could share with us, a glory story, a life teen story um, of the last several months? Because as we've been talking, you know, it, it, it's been a tough time. It's been a tough time for for life teen, um, but I know that you have been able to see the blessings in the last several months. Do you have something you could share with us? Yeah, I do. I, you know, I think that um, what, what I'm encouraged by is that the parishes that are being creative about how they can open up, and we provided some resources on our website, uh, giving five different options. We, we try to focus on what you can do rather than what you can't do right mm-hmm. now. And so what's encouraging is um, there are several parishes, even here in the Atlanta area, that have had to, the pastors have had to send emails out asking for more adults to get involved because so many teens are showing up. Wow. They're getting, they're getting more numbers than they had even prior to the pandemic. Mm. And that's because I think teens have felt isolated and they're really seeking community. Mm-hmm. So I would say a glory story in this is it's been kind of a gut check for a lot of young people and they really do miss that community. And so when the parishes are open up their youth ministry, even if it's outside and social distance and all the things that we have to do here in Georgia, uh, I, there's just been some great, great numbers, and there's um, it's kind of maybe stripped away all the other distractions, and they're just focusing. They're really hungry for a deeper relationship with Christ, so it's beautiful to see. So I would say that's my greatest glory story right now is just watching how great the local parishes are doing, and and that are opening up and, and seeing some really good response. Right, and those things were just beyond comprehension, really, a, a, a couple months ago. So God is God is moving and working definitely through all of this, and you're still leading teens closer to Christ. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, thank God for the local parish leaders, the priests, and youth ministers, and people that are making you know bold moves and still reaching out to young people. Right, and I love in your story, Randy, as, as I listen and I think about it, how the Holy Spirit is so on fire right now. You know, mm-hmm. we can't see a lot going on. It feels like things are shut down, but in fact, instead, 
the Holy Spirit is on the move in such powerful, mighty ways in each person's heart. Like you said, these these teens, instead of continuing to stay on their phones or be distracted by this or that, God is really helping them to recognize and to draw them and to woo them closer to Him by that by the Holy Spirit. Really, just saying, you were made for relationship. You were made for community, mm-hmm. and um, and come, just come, and they are. That's so beautiful. Right. Right. Well, Randy, you have your own um, large community in your family, um, you know, eight <laughs> children, and now you're up to seven grandchildren. Um, that's going to surpass your your uh, f- primary family group <laughs> soon. But um, you, you've also had an experience with your your newest little grandson, and I, I think that, that God has really shown um, a, a lot to be thankful for in that story. You want to share a little bit about Lincoln? Yeah, um, yeah, we had a, a grandson, Lincoln, born three months ago, and um, my my daughter and son-in-law and two other granddaughters li- were living in uh, Bend, Oregon, and um, Lincoln was born with uh, some severe reflux uh, in 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 his kidneys. So mm. I guess the, they rate kidneys uh, levels of severity from one five, five being the worst. Lincoln has one kidney that's a five and the other that's a four. So definitely could use the prayers for him. They normally want um, an infant to get a little bit older to do, he's going to need an operation at some point uh, to be able to reverse that. But what ended up happening is he got um, meningitis Mm. um, and he was half, had to be quarantined in a hospital. So my wife, Monica flew out and she spent 45 days out in uh, Bend, Mm. Oregon with the, with them. Um, Mm. You know, she was there for his delivery, but didn't realize that things would turn the way they did. And um, so she helped out and, you know, I was, trying to help the family back here in Atlanta. They were stuck with dad. (laughs) Yeah. So our, our prayers are all focused though on, on, on Lincoln and uh, praise God. He made it a month without, uh, you know, he had to have two spinal taps and he's just this resilient little, little kid. Um, He still has issues. I mean, they just found a cyst on his, on on his belly button that he had to, they had to cut off. And Mm. he, um, he's got some things with his head. They don't know if the skull is, closing too soon and they might have to do one of those with a helmet. Um, but the beautiful part about this is my daughter, you know, in our family, she's always been just so faith filled that our prayers have all been just whatever's going to happen with Lincoln. We just wanted to bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. And so um, that, that is her hope. So she actually had a, a priest who has kind of like a healing ministry kind of prayed over Lincoln's head. And she's just really hoping that when she goes to the neurologist, that they say it's good, you know, and um, she just wants to give glory to God and everything that we're doing. So no matter, I know for anybody out there, like what, no matter what you're facing, God's moving in that moment that mm-hmm. we're in right now. And we, we can't be thinking about, oh, wait, wait till it gets back to normal, or we can't reminisce about the good old days. What's God doing right now? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're focusing. We, we're not out of the woods with Lincoln, but I believe God's going to use it in powerful ways. I posted on my social media, and I've got like hundreds of people, thousands of people all over the world that are praying for Lincoln. And um, it's beautiful to see how maybe a little baby like that could bring people together uh, for a, a cause, you know? Mm, right, right. It's definitely, um, he's bringing glory to God every day for sure, Randy. 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, that story with us. I think our listeners, um, can, can relate to that. We all have people who, um, have been suffering during this time and, um, just knowing that every, everyone's praying together for the same, mm-hmm. the same good yeah. is um, important. And, and that our God is here every day in every moment in everything that you're, that you've got going on. So I love that. Also that reflection you gave us, don't keep look, looking back, you know, mm-hmm. or don't try to look too far ahead. Just be in the moment today and see where is God today? Where is God blessing you? Where is God answering prayers? Where is there an opportunity for you to give thanks and give glory to him in every single day? That's, right. that's a beautiful encouragement to us and to our listeners, Randy. Thank you for that. Yeah, we believe in the real presence. He is present. He is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for being with us, Randy, and um, we're gonna we're gonna get you back on again soon. All right. Well, great. It was great talking to you this morning, and um, yeah, thanks for all you're doing for to to build up the kingdom. God bless. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Wonderful. So, um, Anne, it's so wonderful to hear, and and I think you had mentioned too that they they were kind of potentially bringing other people to Christ too, because when they were praying at the hospital there for Lincoln, some people hadn't seen people pray. Right, right, and yeah. to bring in a priest like that, yeah. and to just to show that faith and to be that that witness, yeah. you know, sometimes in the midst of what we have going on, we don't even realize that we're being a witness, a witness to others. Exactly, and so when people look and see how we live our faith, we live our faithfulness when we offer thanks, and we're when we're willing to offer thanks publicly, even. Um, like that in the midst of a hospital or in the midst of wherever it is. You know, I know that, uh, you know, the story that we just heard right before the break when we heard Denise's story, I know that many people when they were um, seeing on social media that Denise's son got married, it was like, wow, there's joy, there's there's God, there's sacrament in the midst of all of this. And it it was such a blessing to so many people to see this is faith continuing to be lived out in the midst of difficult circumstances. Yeah. Well, and I think that these are two examples, too, of how social media can be f- used for good. Yes. You know, asking for prayer, increasing, you know, that community of prayer and sharing your joy. Great, great. Yeah. And God, um, God is always looking for those opportunities to, to surprise us and to, um, just and to, to show off, to show I, off. I exactly. Just yeah. God just shows off sometimes. and to love on us, to love on us. Yes, yeah. definitely. Okay. So we've got our fourth guest today and I'm going to let you introduce him, but I've got to first say the last time I saw this guest, he was, um, doing a skit in the Ron show, he doesn't even know. He doesn't know who. I don't know if he remembers me. He was doing a skit in the Ron show at Amigos for Christ in Chinandega, Nicaragua, and he was imitating how our leader had encouraged us to hike up Cerro Negro, which is this huge volcanic mountain where you take one step and it's like you're walking on Skittles and you slide back down. <laughs> and Father Branson Hip gave the most hilarious caricature I have ever seen of um, John Menendez teaching the rest of us how to walk up Cerro Negro. Father Branson, thank you so much for being here. Welcome <laughs> to Shelter in Peace. This is Mari Cleveland. I don't, don't know if you remember, but you were with my family many years ago before you were even a priest doing that. Do you remember that day? I do. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the Father Branson that I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, I'm going to have to talk with you about this afterwards, yes. Father. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, he was a deacon then, so maybe he's changed since he's actually a priest now. Is that true? <laughs> well, um, well, I know Father uh, Father Branson from uh, working on the Steubenville Atlanta Conference, and uh, for a short time he was with the vocations office. Um, so he was kind of hurting seminarians, and so <laughs> you probably great. have to take a different posture when you're when you're doing that job. <laughs> Would you say, you know, Father? Sometimes my- Sometimes my humor can get me in trouble, so only in like the right setting. <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you with us uh, here today, Father. Will you, um, will you just tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, because you're not in Nicaragua. Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So uh, I've been a priest for five and a half years now, and I'm the chaplain at the Georgia Tech Catholic Center, so... Um, this is where I'm at full time, and uh, it's an interesting year to be on a college campus, but I love it. So can you tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Um, what, what's your ministry looking like? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're all still trying to figure it out. Uh, I think the biggest thing has been helping people find community and then helping those communities to grow and be formed. Uh, one of the things that I've been like most struck by in this time and that's been most helpful is especially like March and April. So like, you know, the students were sent home and you're worried about them and praying for them. And especially like not necessarily having access to the sacraments. It was just a really difficult period. Um, But one of the things I was most struck by was kind of going back to the beginning and like the method of God and the fact that like she's, was present in like a specific time and place and to like a specific people Mm. and to like the apostles and the men and women gathered around them. And that was how like he changed things. And so for me, it was this invitation of like, all right, it's easy for me to worry about the students from a distance. And like, I'm supposed to, but like really honestly, am I living Christianity with those like most immediately around me? Mm -hmm. Like those that are like living here at the Catholic center and like those that I'm like have in my community and so it's kind of an invitation to go back to like making things smaller in the sense of we can very easily talk about the faith and try to do things in like an abstract, distant way. And some of that stuff like we need to do, but like, am I living this honestly with those most immediately in front of me? Mm-hmm. Because the experience of the apostles was like someone immediately in front of them. Like they knew whether or not they were following Christ by whether or not they were literally following him and doing as he said to his <laughs> right. presence in front of them. So like this sense of like the incarnation and like living like the fleshiness of Christianity with those around me, mm. um, that's been like the invitation. And do we trust that that actually is efficacious, that this does something, right? Mm. Um, or is it too small? Is it not enough out of fear of like greater concern? So that's been the thing is, am I living this with those immediately around me? And then am I helping my students to do that? Because, Um, like there's a lot of, we're doing some like social media stuff and things like that. And there's a great value to it. But I also fear that like we can be just adding to the noise and the distraction as well with people looking to the distance Mm -hmm. instead of living it and like, like trying to like love Christ and be loved by Christ with those immediately around them. And that's a scary, challenging thing. Mm, That's beautiful. You know, I'm sitting here at, that is such a convicting message. It really is a convicting message. And I'm thinking just personally, I'm always looking for the big thing I can do for Christ, right? I can go be on the radio. I can go lead a Bible study with all these people. And yet I've got my, right now I've got a son in college, but my daughter's still home and she's a senior in high school. I don't have her much longer. Am I focusing enough on her? Am I being, um, 
serving? Am I being loving? Am I being Christ-like to her? And um, mothers and daughters during a, a child's <laughs> senior year in high school, for those of you who've been there, it can be a little bit of a challenging time. We have lovely times together, but we also have the times where she's just trying to break away, which is natural. And am I, am I being as Christ-like to her in front of her or am I rushing off to other activities that feel bigger and more and you know more um something I can do more with or something so that's your your words are very convicting to me personally right and I think sometimes it's easier to you know get out of the muck of your family and go serve someone else but we really are called to to love those first and foremost in front of us. Yes. Thank definitely. you for reminding us of that, Father. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, it, was, it was a hard lesson for me to learn because, it, you know, like I had to look and be like, am I like allowing Christ to like educate me by these specific people in front of me? Because oh. like you said, like the muck of family and things like that, like that's a more difficult thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the stuff from the distance you can always disengage from, but a little bit different with the people you immediately share life with so yeah it's it's a hard lesson but it's been a good one (laughs) that is awesome well as you know um this this uh today we're gonna be we're talking about thanksgiving and all the things we're thankful for have there been some things that you're specifically thankful for or that you've seen god do amazing things where you're thankful for during this time yeah uh specifically this of like the smallness of things Mm. and especially with uh I had, like, there's a student resident that lives here, and I've had a couple priests and deacons living here, and just kind of a, a, a rotating cast of characters here, and just cooking meals together in the evening, like, being able to do that, like, usually, you know, as priests were running around like crazy people all over the place, mm-hmm. and so taking time to, like, cook a meal together and hang out has been such a gift to, like, really slow down, uh, and I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I've been grateful for that in my family as well. I, yeah. I love to cook and, you know, to have my family in the kitchen with me and prepare a meal. And, you know, it, it, Jesus knew that that would bring us joy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, we that the meal of Eucharist and yeah. since we've been cut off from that, I think redirecting that in our homes mm. um, has just been a, manif- a manifestation of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He offered himself as a meal. His very last act here on earth was it, during a meal, it was yeah, exactly. And I remember um, because at the beginning of this, my college age son came home, and so that meant that we got to have family meals again. Mm-hmm. So, Father Branson, that's also been one of those things I've been so thankful for this year too. Is is those renewed family meal times? Yeah, definitely. Right. right. Yeah. Um, have there been things that you've seen also with the people you're ministering to, where there's just been um, you know God showing up in really neat ways? Any any other thoughts around that? where you've been thankful for your ministry because you've seen him working in maybe unique or different ways than you expected? Yeah, I, you know, this is, the interesting thing has been seeing the way that God has worked through people's poverty in the sense of uh, this being a really difficult time and especially college students and the struggles of, like you said, like it's not easy being home, um, but like you get to a point where um, actually, Father Brian McNabbish had said to me, like, as much, he was like, no, everybody gets to live in the kingdom they've built. Meaning, mm. you're kind of like, especially like at the beginning of lockdown, and like the world that was kind of built, you get to live in, you get to see whether or not it's a good kingdom. And I, like, for, I was really struck by a number of people discovering that, like, 
you can only fill your life with so much noise, and then you realize the noise is dissatisfactory, and then you begin to look at your Fa- life. Father, we're get, you're and, cutting out a little bit. I don't know if you can you get a little closer to your microphone or. Sure. Can you hear me now? That's better. Yeah. So Thank can you, you? Yeah. Okay. So you were just talking about people living in the kingdom that they've built. Can you repeat that part? That was so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Father Brian had actually said this and said, you know, now everybody gets to live in the kingdom that they've built in the sense of like at being at home and with the habits that we have and everything like that. And you get to see if it's good or not. Mm. And I, what's been interesting is a lot of people discovering that that's really dissatisfactory mm. and that's good in the sense that it forces you to make a choice and a really look. So I, I've been struck by seeing people discover that they get a chance to see that they're actually not where they'd like to be. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing because that's an invitation to, all right, then like, let's make a move or like finally listen to the Lord. So I've seen people actually really praying or digging into the scriptures or really mm-hmm. making changes in their life because they actually get to see that what they're living or what they had been living wasn't like a kingdom worth living in. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's something you've to given be us a lot to think I, about I in this uh, short time, Father. You thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so once again, very convicting. So, you know, you know, during this time of Thanksgiving, there's so many things to be thankful for, both the things that are wonderful, but also those things that are hard. And God shows up in all of them, and He invites each of us. He gives us each an invitation to grow closer to Him and to give Him glory. And so, um, we love this. Thank you so much for sharing sharing some of those thoughts that we can really ponder and we can dwell on. Right, right. Yeah. Well, um, Father, if you would, would you, would you um, uh, close us in a closing prayer and blessing before we go? Our our listeners would really um, be blessed by that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna keep it simple though, and we'll do a glory be. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it, it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning is, is now, now, and ever shall be, world without end. Without end. Amen. Amen. And the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless and keep your name of Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you. And next time we have you on, we're going to hear some uh, stories about the the crazy Father Branson. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say he has an amazing sense of humor. Amazing. So thank, thank you, you so Father. much, Father. You know, Absolutely. so listen. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So listeners, that was such an amazing um, way actually to actually end that with prayer because it is about giving glory to God. That's what all of this is about. And when we offer our thanksgiving to him, we are giving him glory and we are giving him glory to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in all the ways that he's manifest in our lives. And so our prayer for you this Thanksgiving as you as you maybe face a Thanksgiving that may be a little different than mm-hmm. you expected, um, we just ask you... Um, or we just let you know that we are keeping all of you in our prayers. Um, we are. And we just ask you to look for God. Look for God in the simplicity. Look for God in the new and the different. Look for God in the maybe the uncomfortable. Um, and he wants to meet you there. He wants to meet you there. He loves you so very much. And so all praise and thanksgiving we give to him and we honor him. Um, so listeners, thank you so much for being with us again here on Shelter in Peace this week. We look forward to um, seeing you again. Anna and I actually have um, some neat things coming up for you as Advent starts next week. And we've got four priests who are going to be coming and being with us. Um, two of them we know, Father Dan Ketter and Father Tim Hepburn. 
So please stay tuned to Shelter in Peace in the coming weeks during Advent. We would love to go on an Advent journey with you starting next week. We would. It's, I can't believe it's Advent already, but here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so until next week, we just um, we just pray for you, and we ask you to glorify God with your lives of thanksgiving. 